Three, two, one, hit it! Good evening, <laughs> uh, good afternoon, yeah, yeah. good morning, good brunch time. It's <laughs> it's, a, it's a Wednesday night. It's uh, Thursday in other countries. Oh, New Zealand, yeah. shout out. Uh, Australia, yeah, yeah. what up? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. We didn't record on the weekend. Our usual slot. Yeah. We we booked studio time for Wednesday night though. <laughs> So we're back at it. Episode seventy, the two-year anniversary hey, of your girlfriend's favorite. Give podcast. them a round of those flaws, my nigga. <laughs> two years, two years out this bitch. Uh, to myself, Vusani Matiba, mm. sitting across from my loyal co-host Cizwe Moyo. Yeah, yeah. And in spirit with us is our C Mike. Allison are missing. <laughs> <laughs> she's no longer missing. She's no longer missing. <laughs> she's yeah. with us in spirit. She's not dead though. Not <laughs> that the missing turned to her being a spirit. <laughs> um, but yeah, two year anniversary. Mm. We in this uh, two years of partying. Yeah. Two years of south growth. South growth. Mm. I put the th on the south. South south growth. South south growth. Yeah, it's been a wonderful journey. Mm-hmm. I've had a very good time doing this. I've had a great time through doing the this. great parts, through the trash parts, through mm. the average. We're just getting through it parts. Mm. It's been a very wonderful journey, and yeah, I'm proud of the team. Thank you to everyone who's yeah. been listening to the yeah. show. We mm. have some very loyal friends. Like, we really do. Yeah, yeah. our friends yeah. really listen every week. Even yeah. shout out to even some of my homeboys. You know. Yeah. Uh, David, Sia, Cubs, control yeah. that whole group, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're always giving me feedback, telling me they enjoyed the episodes. Love it, yeah. Uh, Same on my side, the homeboys, Tsepo, yeah. Tsepang, my yeah, girlfriend. <laughs> like, they're all, like, always giving us good feedback, even from people that are not necessarily part of my immediate friend group. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was with, like, you know, Sia... His oh, yeah. sister was Tom and Bob. Yeah, Tom and Bob. <laughs> yeah, Sia's sister was having like uh we're having like a panel discussion. Yeah, yeah. And like their friends also I was exposed to some people that I didn't know that also listened to our podcast and they were telling us, you know, in the early days we used to say some flagrant shit. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still here, dude. That's like an amazing thing. Yeah, so we've people got like stuck it out two years. Yes, man. they stuck it out two years, you know, through through our transition. <laughs> 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 because it wasn't always dandy. And if I think about like this year, mm. like I was trying to think the other day, like what our record would be if we were like a basketball team. We've done seventy pods, bro. Yeah. So that's like almost a regular season, right? Yeah. That's just, almost well, 14 game short <laughs> of an NBA regular yeah, what, season. 12 games. Isn't it 82 games? I think it's 82, 84, 82. 82 84, yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we're close to like a regular season. And I was thinking about what our record would be. Like if we were to <laughs> divvy this up, like what was a, a W in terms of an episode? What was a like a D, which would just be an average episode? And what would just be a complete L? Mm. The ones that we d- deleted are complete L's. We decided to yeah, can those ones. We deleted some episodes. <laughs> you you can guys never find them. You guys might look at the like numbering of the episodes and you'll be like, why is episode so and so missing? Yeah. Yeah. But it's just how it is. Um I yeah. think if we were to compare ourselves to an NBA franchise, mm. I think we've done pretty well in these two years. I'd mm. say we're a solid playoff team. 
like a fifth seed, fourth yeah, seed. Yeah, we're like yeah. a fifth seed, fourth seed. Yeah, yeah we get to the playoffs. But um, this year's record, now we're definitely a fucking finals yeah, team, bro. Like we are Golden State in 2016. I think the point after we like we leveled up with mm. equipment and everything. Yeah. Then we went on that crazy run, like 12 <sighs> weeks in a row. Yeah. Yeah, that that time we were on fire, nah, man. Nah, man, round of applause, goddamn it! They're gonna hear us talk our shit today, <laughs> man. <laughs> round of a goddamn applause, man. <laughs> nah, for real. Like this has been like when we started. I don't know if we've told the story before on the pod, but when we started, we didn't really know what it would become. I just said, "Vusa, let's do a pod." Vusa's like, "Fuck yeah," <laughs> <laughs> and we did it. And here we are. We didn't know that it would take us this far. We d- we didn't think it would last this long. So I want to say thank you to you for you know listening to this crazy idea that I had about doing a pod about absolutely nothing in the (laughs) beginning. It turns out that we still had to find our voices to find out what we wanted to, you know, what we want to speak about. And I think within the last year or year and a half, we really found our feet in terms of content. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's got a big, uh, like cliff central has a big part to play in that. Yeah. I think originally when we went, they were like, fuck, we're just going to do the pod the way we know how to, you know, yeah. we jump from topic to topic. We don't really zero in on one thing. We just, whatever interests us, we speak about until they told us, look, you guys did a 30 minute podcast and spoke about five different things. And yeah, yeah we're like, mm, yeah, you're probably <laughs> right. But I mean, it was your fault for giving us 30 minutes. God damn it. I, I think, <laughs> yeah, going to Cliff Central. Yeah. It was like that moment where you get in studio as a young, a youngin yeah. in the game, yeah, and you sitting across the OGs, yeah, because yeah, I mean, as controversial as Cliff is, mm. some might call him racist. Mm. Those, yeah, we'll skip over that we'll just part. Table that, um, <laughs> and some might, yeah, people have whatever they have to say about Cliff, yeah, about his business partner and manager in yeah. uh, Rena. Rena, oh, what um, a lovely lady. But sitting across from them in that boardroom. Mm. It was, yeah, it was like I said, meeting the OGs of mm. this broadcasting thing. They've been in yeah. this game for more than 20 years. Absolutely. So they really gave us some game on leveling up ourselves. Mm. And, yeah, it was a good lesson to yeah. go there and, yeah, trade some thoughts with them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in terms of, like, being in this podcast thing for so long, what do you think the benefits has, have been for you in terms of just sitting here and talking about the things that you like talking about? I think, like I said, there's a lot of self-development. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember my dad once said to me, mm-hmm. one of the best things you can do in life, he was mainly talking about business, but you can contextualize this just to general life. He was mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. it's good to have a soundboard for your ideas. Mm-hmm. So someone that you can bounce your ideas off of okay. and yeah, it yeah. comes back to you with different opinions and everything yeah, like that. Yeah. And it helps. This the podcast is essentially that yeah. we put things out to each other. It comes back same time on mm. the pod. Sometimes it comes back in the comments on the pod, on yeah. our socials yeah. and our messages. And it's, it helps you grow. It gives you new perspectives. It, mm. Yeah. It, like sometimes it's for the good of you. Sometimes it's for the bad of you, but either way, you still develop from it. So I've enjoyed that a lot in the last two years. Yeah. I think I've grown quite quite exponentially these last yeah. two years. Yeah. 
I'd say so too, bro. As somebody like, as somebody who's watching you from the outside, like I know it's it's hard to assess yourself. Yeah. But if I were to say like from my side, definitely your confidence confidence has increased in terms of just speaking on the mic because in the beginning mm. it was like, I would do the intros. And then I'd kind of be like, Vasi, do you want to do the intros? I was trying to just get you into the, yeah. like, thing. And, like, you do the intros, you kill it, and that's your thing now. And that's been, like, a huge part of what I've seen. Your confidence levels have definitely increased on the mic. We all know that you're a goofball. The people that know you know that you're a goofball <laughs> off the mic. Yeah. You're just open. And you can talk your ass off. But in the beginning of the part, it wasn't like that. Yeah. We weren't able to articulate ourselves as effectively. We would stumble over our words. We weren't. Uh, focused on a train of thought It would always yeah. just be like things Popping up like And that's the way <laughs> geniuses think By the way <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm a genius But <coughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah Look I, I Definitely I've seen the growth in all of us Yeah Like We yeah. all We saw the transition of Sizzle the Savage Into oh, Sizzle yeah. the Saint Yeah Which was... Yeah if you, if you guys listened throughout the pod Even Addy has been mm-hmm. has made that commentary to me like yeah. in private where she's like yeah Caesar has really changed yeah like he's become <laughs> the he went from the bad guy to yeah. the good guy not like that you're a bad guy yeah just the from devil's advocate yeah, to just like, more level-headed yeah yeah and yeah. it's like everyone grows like yeah. in that you know yeah. even Allison like yeah. we've seen her change Absolutely. in terms of how she didn't really want to say too much. Yeah. And then she's learned to open up about her life, you yeah. know, and let people in more. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's very good. It's very good. Yeah. I mean, like, besides the therapeutic side of it, like, this, it has a lot of benefits. Like you said, having somebody to bounce ideas off of, it actually makes you more intelligent. Mm. I don't know if, if you've picked this up because you have your qualifications and whatever you learn about and I have a completely different perspective based on the education that I've received, right? Yeah. So, for instance, that clicks discussion we were having, we're talking about PR, we're talking about also the mind of consumers at the same time. So it's, it's it was so interesting to see how our two worldviews based on education have come to like create meaningful discourse yeah, on this podcast. Definitely. Yeah. I don't think if like people look at it that way, but it does like we do put a lot of thought into it when we're here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think the the most the the thing that like makes me the most happy mm-hmm. about it is the fact that over two years mm-hmm. we've made people's days. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's been so many people that come back to us and they say, I listened and you guys made my day. You made Dude. me laugh. You made me smile. You made me think about something differently. Like yeah. that's yeah. been the most like uh like enlightening thing about it. And that, fulfilling, bro. That like, people take what we say in. Yeah. And essentially, because so many people in society don't have a voice. Right. So right. essentially, it's like we've sort of become a voice for other people. Right. Whereby they don't want to get out there and have that voice, mm-hmm. but we express their thoughts and feelings on their behalf. Mm. That's know. very true. And I think we represent a group of people that seems to be underrepresented in terms of uh, media. Okay. And I don't want you to take this the wrong way. I'm not saying that black young men are not represented in media. Mm. But I'm talking about the points of view that we have as young, black, relatively educated. In yeah. fact, 
more privileged in terms of education than most people are. You've got a fucking master's now. Uh, honors, yeah. Honors, honors yeah. my bad. My, uh, honors, I mean, that's yeah, we're probably... We're both highly educated. You're doing your honors. <laughs> no, I'm doing my first degree. Wait, no, like, you've got two degrees. You're going to do your second. I'm about to do my yeah. second qualification, that's yeah. Incre- that's impressive, man. Two yeah. degrees. We've both got two qualifications basically yeah. in the bag. Yeah, and that's a lot more than a lot of people can say. Okay, mm. I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that to say that we're a part of a group that's middle class young black well-spoken and we have a certain view of the world that's not necessarily brought into the fore in media yeah so we've got this group of people of poor people that made it Mm. and rich people that's the way i see media it's poor people with their rags to riches stories and then Rich people, people who are just continuing, that just yeah, they're just continuing, <laughs> they're continuing the success, continuing with yeah. their success, and we're that like, kind of in the middle. Yeah, I I like to think of our group as the people who no one really cares for your story. Exactly, people exactly. feel like your story is not hard enough. Exactly, and it's at the same time it's not easy enough. It's yeah. just ah, dude, like life is just a linear line for you. Exactly, so. exactly, and I think a lot of people identify that more than we we think. Yeah, and more than we thought probably before we started doing this podcast. There are like a lot of people that fall into that group, um, that relate to what we're saying on a weekly basis not always agreeing, but they see it from more or less the same lens that we see it just because of their background. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's that's an amazing thing, man. Like people yeah, people telling me that we made their day is a very fulfilling thing, dude. It's yeah, like it's, it's nice. Yeah, it gives you the feeling of wanting to carry on doing the pod. Because there were days in the early days <laughs> it's like, ah <laughs> oh, fuck, we're doing the pod this weekend. It's like, oh shit. You know, we committed to this thing and you know that it's gonna be great. But today you just don't feel like recording. Yeah. You've had those days. Yeah, it's like, definitely. I really don't feel it's hot. I'm sweating. <laughs> I want to chill. I've been working all week and I don't want to record. But then when you persevere, we knew that we would get here to this point where like we have microphones. We knew that we would at least meet our short term goal. Yeah. And we did. No matter how broke we were, <laughs> <laughs> no matter how much we would complain about money, saying, dude, when are we going to get the money? Taking shitty ads to get money uh. that we would blow on McDonald's anyways <laughs> and help these supplies. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't save for shit. For shit, but it wasn't money that it yeah, wasn't plausible. It wasn't bro. savable money. So no more small bags, as far as I'm concerned. I still believe in the ads business model, and yeah. I think we should continue pursuing that. But mm-mm. nah, no. nah, not we, the small we've, bags. We've no. come a long way. We've, we've come a bit too far for that. But, uh, yeah, without, what, do you still have anything to say on this topic? No, no, no. Just a big shout out to us. Yeah. Uh, shout absolutely. out to everyone, like I said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Before I forget, do follow us on our socials. Absolutely. At YGF Podcast on Twitter, your girlfriend's favorite pod on Instagram. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Sizzle the Savage or Saint on Instagram. Which one is it? Sizzle underscore the Savage. Yes. Sizzle on Insta. On Insta. Sizzle the Saint on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Sunny underscore VM16 on Twitter. And yeah, you'll just find all our socials on there. Allison's is on there too. Mm-hmm. Um, without further ado. Without further ado. Let's, let's talk, man. Look at this. Already receiving texts. Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> I didn't tell her that also. Uh, there was something that I wanted to talk to that was close to my heart. Hmm. 
I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Something really cool he to my set heart, us up. Uh, he walked us to the ledge and let us jump alone. <laughs> I saw this on Quora, man. I want to know, since this is your girlfriend's favorite podcast and this is what we talk about, is it worth mm-hmm. waiting for someone who is not over their ex but tells you that they have feelings for you? No. Damn, okay. <laughs> Next topic. <laughs> no, the, the, the reason okay. I say no. Why? Why do you say no? Okay. It's because if you're not over your ex, your ex can just walk back into your life. And that that's facts. That's facts yeah. on facts because one day we could be cozy chilling mm-hmm. and then your phone's going to ring and it's your ex. And like Black said, I can see my ex calling, you know, and then <laughs> you're going to pick up that phone and before you know it, you'll be walking right on back into their lives. And I'll be left to now pick up my own pieces. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then, like, okay, fine. Jeez, man. That, that, okay, that kind of sucks. Do you think you'd be the type of person to just switch up and go back to your ex if you see them calling? Especially if you're trying to pursue this other hunt. Like, this other hunt is, like, ready for you. Uh, it depends. Like I said, if you're still hung up on someone, that person is always a threat. It's like, I think we discussed this once before, mm-hmm. where we said a lot of guys feel like they know a lady who they feel like, I can always go back and shoot my shot. Like, oh, they, yeah. a lady that they've dated in the past or something like that. Not but, me, I burned those bridges. So, <laughs> <laughs> <a> bitch! <laughs> right, no, and I was even talking to Eddie about this during the week, mm. where I was like, if me and you ever broke up, and I decide to hit you up again, one day, mm-hmm. w- would you reply? Would you answer me, mm. and whatnot? And she was like, "Nah," but I was like, "But I'm the greatest love you've ever had. Like, <laughs> you probably would listen to what I have to say." Absolutely, <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean. So I feel like that's what's gonna happen if yeah. it's the greatest love a person's ever had. They're gonna listen to what that person has to say. Damn. Okay. What is? Not, what if it's not like the greatest love that you ever had, but you just never got that closure around? So, mm. <laughs> so she calls, and now you're like five months deep into a new relationship. And you're like, damn, I just need one more taste. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Look, I don't know. I think it's a bad idea to, to date someone who lets you know, that they mm. com- not completely over their ex. Yeah, I. Do think you think it's a bad idea to keep your ex's number in your phone? I don't know. I don't think it's a bad idea, depending on what's the reason. Like, mm. and also, how close are you guys? Is their number just on your phone because you didn't delete it, but you guys never talk or anything like that? Or is their number on your phone because you're still talking and you guys are still linking up? Like, what is okay. the reason? Okay. Full disclosure, I have one of my ex's numbers on my phone. Yeah. I've told my girl about this. Um, she's like super dope, right? She's Bruh, nothing's gonna happen <laughs> between us. No, yeah, it's, I it's get gonna you. start sounding like I'm explaining myself why I'm keeping her 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 number. Yeah, in my n- phone. A, a side but, note: yeah. two years of partying gets us into trouble, guys. Absolutely, you guys don't understand <laughs> the stress we go through in our personal relationships because of the content we give you guys. Yeah, so I understand why Caesar is walking on the ledge. Exactly. <laughs> See, that takes a lot of experience, right there. <laughs> you don't just get that from partying for one day. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to find my the best way to articulate this without sounding like i'm doing some whole shit because i'm not okay 
like we used to talk a lot before Tandu and I met. Uh, yeah. Before <laughs> Claire. Before Claire. <laughs> <laughs> Before Claire and I met. <laughs> oh, classic moment. Oh my god. What what possessed me to use that fucking name, bro? <laughs> Uh, that edit was legendary. <laughs> we had to give someone a pseudonym on the pod before. What? I need to find that episode. I need to find that episode too. Now. I need to go back. Shout bro. out to Claire. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. Okay. So before you and your partner met. Yeah. Before my partner and I met, uh, there was a lot of chats between myself and my ex. Yeah. And not the type of chats, like, okay, I think I put it out there that, look, whatever happens, I'll be here for you. Not to say whatever happens, I'm going to take you back. Yeah. Because there was a very good reason why we broke up. Mm. Um, but what I was communicating to her is that we broke up prematurely, and she agreed. Mm-hmm. Right now she's got a boyfriend So this is yeah. completely She's had a boyfriend for the past like I don't know Whatever And We we didn't give it a fighting chance I feel like we were impulsive well, mm. That's me I was impulsive In mm-hmm. the breakup So I just want you to know That uh, I apologize for that And I've made peace with it You're with your person now This is before I met Tando said yeah. I didn't have a person I was single at the time, so it was, it was easy to say this, right? Yeah. Without expecting anything. I wasn't expecting her to run back into my arms. I was just telling her, right? Yeah. After that, we became really good friends. We would speak about benign shit, you know? Like, I told her that I was getting a car, and these are the steps that I took, because she was interested in buying a car as well, and she needed to know, you know, some advice on, you know, what to look out for, for example, when buying a new car. And... We would just speak about shit the way friends do, and it felt natural, right? Yeah, it was, like, platonic. It's platonic, completely, and I've never had that, really, in my life. Not not really. Like, mm. there are a few chicks that either I've smashed or I've wanted to smash. Yeah, that's That's pretty much the girls in my contact list, and maybe I was in school with them, and I still wanted to smash even <laughs> then. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps I was successful or unsuccessful. Those are the types of yeah, people I that I have in my phone. Now we don't talk. They're just numbers in my phone. Mm. Okay, but with my ex, it's like, yeah, she still checks up on me, make sure that I'm straight. Every now and then, I'll check up on her, make sure that she's straight. It's not like we talk every day now. Yeah. But if that were to be in my phone, that this like I'm talking to this pretty lady, asking her how her day was, just on a random day, just to find out how she's you know coping because she's working, she's studying. Like life is rough, bro. You want to check in on people that you care or formerly cared about. Mm. <laughs> so. I, that's the type of situation that I'm in. Like, do you think that your girl would be understanding of something like that if you explained it, or do you think it would just be a knee-jerk reaction? Like, why are you texting these hoes? I think this is the thing, right? I I believe women are always in constant competition with other women. Mm, yeah, and I tend to forget that little chestnut. And <laughs> I feel like as much as you can be open and honest and explain the situation, mm-hmm. that... There's always gonna be that little part of your girl, like yeah, she might be a cool, she might be a cool girl, 
and <laughs> comedy this is part of my routine they, 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 they might be that cool girl part of her yeah, yeah. it's gonna be like cool I understand but there's gonna be that little part of her that's always gonna be worry of mm. the situation weary yeah weary <laughs> worry yeah. It's a batty man. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. <worry> <laughs> it's a thing, man. Look, weary. Yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. my bad. Sure, um, sure. Yeah, so it's one of those. It's like you, you gotta understand as a guy mm-hmm. that your girl might be cool when she's showing face to you, but deep down inside, there's a little bit of her that that worries about that. She's she's not completely cool with it. Mm. But I guess. If you are open and honest and she understands what's going on mm. and the chats are respectful, you know, yeah, yeah. then, yeah, you know, continue. Do what you got to do as long as you and your partner are not fighting about it. Fam, I take, I feel, I feel you, ne? but my train of thought and the things that fly out of my mouth, they're still very... 2018-ish Caesar, you know? <laughs> <laughs> They're very 2018 Caesar yeah. sometimes. You know, some like sometimes the parts of myself that I don't like show themselves. And I think <laughs> that happens with everybody. But like today, for example, and my this is probably the first time my girlfriend's gonna hear this, but like this girl, um uh blah, 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 right? At work. <laughs> blah, blah. <laughs> Claire. She, she's Swedish. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> she's Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> Her name is just a bunch of consonants next to each other. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. She's Elon Musk child. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Elon Musk child being black is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> No man. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. Her name is. All right. Yeah. And she's like, she used to like take me to work every morning before I got my whip. Yeah. And she'd say, ah, oh, you know, she was so elated for me when I got my car. Um, and she, today she's like, she, like she had parked a few spots next to mine, and she's like, Caesar, when are you gonna take me for a ride in your new car? I'm like, hmm. <laughs> Oh, no, she said, when am I going to take your car for a ride? Yes. Okay. That's yeah. what she said. And then I'm, I was like, because I have this tendency of putting questions back at people, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so if somebody says, you're a dweeb, I'll say, you're a dweeb. That's like my comeback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I said, when am I going to take you for a ride? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this nigga. And then I was like, oh, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't re- rewind reboot. I didn't mean that. What I meant was, he's <laughs> gonna get a call after the part from his partner. No, this, this is gonna be Caesar, man. Caesar gonna be on this. No, for real, don't play like that. <laughs> are you are you serious? How you know? Put that on everything. <laughs> Yeah. You'll have to answer, man. You'll have yeah. to answer. <laughs> I'll just edit that part out. Um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I get you. It was reactionary, yeah. It, it, no, I, I was trying to be funny. Yeah, I'm saying it's like just yeah. a funny reaction. Yeah, like, it wasn't yeah. a serious thing. The fucked up thing is, I once told my partner that I wanted to do some 
ungodly things with that's probably why she won't take kindly to the story oh you told her the one like before y'all started dating oh while we're dating (laughs) while you were dating you told her that listen i'm a simple ungodly things to another woman that you interact with that is wild i told her that yeah i once thought she was really attractive that's what i said to her i said i once Mm -hmm. wanted to you know yeah so yeah, like that's the type of shit like that I don't want to be misconstrued over because I be saying dumb shit all the time and my girl knows that. But yeah, I just every girl has the desire to be the cool girlfriend but also hold shit down and make sure that their partners aren't doing dumb shit. Mm. So y- your girlfriend essentially wants to be like, "Oh, I can take a joke." And be cool, you know. I can be down. Yeah, <laughs> corny girls are. Oh, I can be down. <laughs> <laughs> but they also want to be like, like, no, don't fucking do that because they're territorial over you. Yeah, it's like, yeah, they they want to be cool, but they also like shit, nigga, act right. Like they want you yeah. to act right at the end of the day. So, yeah, I just, it's very tricky. The son of the violator, like this dating thing. I, I was never ready for it, man. But you're in it now. Yeah, I'm in it now. I I, think I just gotta act right, bro. Yeah, man. But like I said, it's a it's a day by day thing. Yeah. You just we learn every day as we go on in relationships. Mm. And yeah, I I don't know what else to say about that. But yeah, relationships are they just that dating is just that, man. Yeah. Sometimes your girl's gonna be mad that you talk to other women. Sometimes she's gonna be cool with it. Sometimes they'll try play the cool girl, cool girl role and be like, nah, interact with other women. Mm. Other times they're going to be like, don't interact with any other women except me. It's just that thing, man. Yeah. I think we'll continue this part of the chat after music because there's something that I want to say on that subject. But I think, excuse me, we'll continue that after music time, that right. particular subject. For those of you who are first-time listeners of the Fuck show, you. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, oh, kidding. <laughs> Look, for those of you who are first-time listeners, we love you. Um, <laughs> this is music time. It's the segment of the show, usually around the thirty-minute mark yep. of an episode, where we play our favorite songs. I usually play African or local music. I don't know what's the difference because we're all African either way. Um, yeah. Cesar plays what he's feeling. Allison also plays what she's she's into. So yeah, this week, do you have any picks? I had one. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna tell you right away. Mm. Yeah, I, I I went onto the Spotify this week. Yeah. So you're listening to Fallout Boy. Yeah, she I used to. Yeah, I used to li- listen to a lot of Fallout Boy in high school. Actually, even I see that is Green Day. Yeah, here. yeah. I was trying to recapture. There's this um study that I read that if you listen to music that you used to enjoy, uh, when you were much younger, that you'd feel better. It would release certain endorphins and make you. <laughs> it reminds you of a happier time. Yeah. And when I listened to that music, I was always happier. Like, that was a happy part of my life when I enjoyed that. It was probably a two- or three-year stretch. Mm. So every now and then, I put on some Green Day or Fall Out Boy. I was just shouting in the car. <laughs> okay, but anyways, the song that I chose this week is called Who Hurt You by Daniel Caesar. Hmm, Who Hurt You? Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. 
Is Daniel Caesar still active, man? Didn't he get cancelled? What do you mean, active? Like, like sexually? No. But <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. I mean, he said some shit. I don't know what it was. They like, cancelled Daniel Caesar. Yeah, people got him out of here. But he, like, kind of really got cancelled. Like, his sales went down. <laughs> like, they really went down. That's and then people say it's because he doesn't have pretty privilege. Like which is Tory why, Lanes. Yeah, which is why his cancelling actually worked. Because he's not pretty. Shame. So people saw right through the talent. They were like, fuck this ugly nigga, man. Tory Lane's streams went up yeah. with all this shit going on. With Tory Lane's had people twerking on IG Live, bro. <laughs> After the... <laughs> he ain't never going down, he's bro. Like, he's going he's only going to jail, but he ain't never going down. <laughs> Unless they make him go down in jail, which is plausible. You're going to make him go down on someone. <laughs> what do you mean, go down? He's Tory Lane's looks like they're going to turn him into someone's wife in jail. I'm sure he's got he, connections. He's a, he's a small nigga, man. Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Probably lift the nigga. <laughs> okay, no, never mind. <laughs> yes, who heard you by Daniel Caesar? Back to Georgia, back to Atlanta Funny how present turns past I might fly Priscilla out just for banner So mesmerized by that ass The way she moves it, I can tell that she loves me Nigga can't help but to touch Smack it round a bit and sip on some puppy Hope I'm not doing too much Strange new addictions pick up on the roads Change my opinions and change of my flows Change my approach, no more loving these hoes And when it rains, it pours Hey, you make me Caesar with who hurt you because he wanted to know who who hurt his his bitch so who shot you Tory Lanez <laughs> <laughs> obviously uh, what do you got for us bro this week I've got some of the pianos some of the, the pianos man Beethoven's let them, legacy let them cocote bro <laughs> let them cocote yeah sad to cocote man yeah, let the pianos cocote bro Beethoven is Doing the kwasa kwasa in his grave. Beethoven doing the kwasa kwasa <laughs> is wild, bro. But also remembering that he's black is not that crazy. <laughs> Wait, hold on before you put the song. 
Wait, hold on. You know, this this thing of somebody turning in their grave, right? Yeah. It already <laughs> seems wild because you're in your grave. And yeah. You shouldn't be turning. But Kwasa Kwasi. <laughs> and you're Beethoven. <laughs> and you've got that white, you know, English <laughs> wig and shit. No. Oh. <laughs> Like <laughs> uh, man, this, uh, this week, this week my pick comes from <laughs> Gabba Canal. Yes, I'm, I'm a piano for you guys. I'm a piano for your head top. Uh, yo, oh, yo, since yo. we listen to local music, I'm a piano for Candalak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Song's called Another Day, featuring yeah. Queen Fofi. All right. Gabba Canal with the song called Another Day. It's always good to listen to the Yanos, man. Yeah, that was a very chill joint. <coughs> yeah. Excuse me. All right, second half of the show. Part two, it's time to drive us on out of here, man. Um. Yeah, there was something. What were we talking about before the break? We were talking about 
our women, not our women, but partners, female partners in yeah, heterosexual yeah. relationships and how they respond to their male heterosexual partners who keep their exes on their phone or their exes numbers or women's numbers in general. Oh yeah, I, I said there was like a, a story that I wanted to tell you from <coughs> the other week when I was with Tom and Bob and those people, right? Yeah, yeah. So there was a lady, I, I, for the life of me, I can't remember her name, but uh, it doesn't really matter. She was like just a woman and mm-hmm. she came over to my girl and I, mm-hmm. you know, we're smoking some hubbly, minding our business. And she says to me, oh, oh, is this your boyfriend? Like she looks at my girl and she's like, oh, is this your boyfriend? And then she's like, yeah. I was like, oh, I can see, you know, why you'd go for him. He's good looking. I would never fuck him, but he's good looking. Jesus. I, I, what the fuck? <laughs> What's going on? He's like, you know, you, you know when somebody's good looking, but you wouldn't fuck them? I was like, what kind of compliments are these? <laughs> that was not a compliment, homeboy. Yeah. That was just a backhanded yeah, bullshit, you know? It's like a, a, an a, insult disguised as a compliment. Underhanded way to fondle your balls. Or my prostate. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, I looked at my girl... She's like, yeah, but, and then she's like, oh, but I'd fuck you. And she looks at my girl and she says this. This was odd, bro. Because, okay, yes, these are people who are friends with my friends, but I don't know you. And you don't know me. Don't disrespect me like that. Yeah, Yeah. don't think because you're cool with these people and I'm cool with these people that you can just come over and say something like that. Yeah, that's fucking wild. My best friend would never, like, say something like that to my girlfriend, bro, like... Even if my best my best friend was a girl, she would never say that to my girlfriend. It just seemed rather odd, bro, in general. Anyways, so just to give you some context, cause I don't think I really got into why we've been off for these past two weeks. You know what you said? You should have said to her, actually. Uh, w- what should I have said? I was too stunned to say anything, was it? Let me find my clip, man. All right. You should have said... A bitch! <laughs> I should have called her a bitch. Okay, hold on. Shut up, bitch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, wait, play that again. <laughs> Listen to the commentators in the back. Listen. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> They're going crazy. What? 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 Yeah, I would have said that shit, man. You can't come hey. at me with that kind of disrespect. Hey, look, I-, I was stunned. You know, you know, like. Stand into paralysis. That's what, <laughs> that's what I was. Yeah. I was like, you know, what? How do I retort that? It's like, yeah. And it was only really thought about it when I went home. Like when we're in the ride in the car ride home. We're like, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember when this chick said that? Didn't you figure that was a bit odd? Like yeah. you didn't know how to take it. Anyways, um. So as you listeners know, Vasani and I have been I don't know on a sabbatical. You know, managing our health for the past two weeks. I don't really get into why I was absent, but you might have just, like, seen some fire snaps of me, mm-hmm. you know, being the sex that I've grown to be. Well. Can't believe I'm glowing up at 23. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, we're at a panel discussion about African culture, more specifically about art. Okay. Mm. When I got there, they were interviewing rappers and shit about their music. That was a completely separate project. And it was generally a good day. But then I came across somebody that 
Hmm, how do I put this without being completely disrespectful? He was a dick, right? Mm-hmm. And I is this knew someone it. that we is this one of our mutuals or one of our mutuals contacts? One of our mutuals contacts. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's like a uh, highly intelligent like guy. You cannot take that away from him. He's probably the smartest person in that room, right? Mm. I mean, like bar me, right? <coughs> I'm kidding. Um, he was like a really intelligent guy, very well spoken, but he had very dogmatic beliefs about the things that he believed in. Okay. So just to give you this, this has nothing to do with girls, by the way. I hope you guys know that we're in a new sphere yes, of conversation. Yes, a new topic. A now. new. Yeah, we moved on. Yeah. <clears throat> so we were getting into this discussion about moderates and extremes. Okay. He says that. If you're white, you're automatically racist. It doesn't de- it doesn't matter what your beliefs are on the rights of black people. You're born white, you're inherently racist. Okay? Jeez. Right. Exactly my thoughts. Yeah. So I said that's not possible. Mm. Okay? For a couple of reasons. I said that there are people that are on a spectrum Okay, politically, right? Yeah. That let's say you're liberal liberal about most things, but you're conservative about some things, or you're conservative about most things, but you're liberal about other things. Yeah. And that's the way people are. Exactly. And he said, "No. When you're black, you're liberal, that's it. If you're white, you're conservative and that's it." And by the way, conservative, he synom- he made synonymous with racist. Is this guy, re- was he really the most intelligent in the room? <laughs> I'm sorry to doubt that. This is the thing. He yeah. has good ideas, but he's dogmatic about it. And this is the thing about people who are smart but hold dogmatic beliefs. When you hold dogmatic beliefs, the very meaning of dogma is that you're following things based on rules and principles completely, mm. not on actual real life yeah. Scenarios or real life yeah, things. He's that living you can in touch. the textbook. He's living in. No, I think he heard an idea from someone and just hold, held on to it and never let go. Mm. Whether he believed it or not, he speaks as if he believes it. But I don't think he does, genuinely. So I was trying to get across to him that, okay, for instance, because now we're talking about fucking gay rights now, bro. We're talking about everything that you could possibly be liberal about. Yeah. So he's like, I was like, dude, right now I can tell you there are certain things that you feel conservative about and there are certain things that you feel liberal liberal about. I said, there are people who are liberal about gay rights. They said, yes, gays should definitely, you know, have their rights. They should be able to marry whoever they want to marry. We shouldn't get involved. What the fuck yeah. does it have to do with us? Um, transphobes, uh, no, transgenders should be able to live their lives and be respected as gay people are and as straight people are. And... You might feel conservative about abortion. You, f- you should feel like, do not abort the child. Mm. You should be pro-life. And that can be your stance. Yeah. You can be liberal about, liberal about these things, but then conservative about these. He said, no, if you're black, you're liberal about everything. What world is he living in? I couldn't understand it, dude. I, I, for the life of me, I couldn't understand this person. Now, this was my first introduction to this guy. Yeah. Right? I said, today's going to be a long day. <laughs> this was like in the first few hours of us being there. Yeah. And 
later on in the day when we actually got to the part of the discussion, we got to the part of what we're actually there for. It was much later in the evening. We're watching this documentary about art that was stolen by Europeans. It's sitting in European art galleries, mm. uh, but it's from Africa, right? And we're speaking about why this is important. Was it firstly, you can jump in. Why do you think it's important for Africans to get their art back? Because it's ours, like firstly, right? Firstly, yeah, right? it's stolen property. Exactly. Yeah, it should come back to its rightful owners. owners. Yeah, and like, uh, I mean, this is such a long rabbit hole, but we yeah. just know that colonialism, mm-hmm. them coming, purging our lands, taking our things. Mm-hmm. It was they need to return back said items. Yeah, you know exactly. Exactly, it's just a cultural thing. Exactly. Yeah. And culture is so important. Now, as somebody who's studying like an art-related, you know, I'm doing English, right? Yeah. It's creative writing. I'm doing English literature, doing visual literature, doing literary genres, and part of literary genres is art, right? Because mm. art is considered a type of literature, right? Yeah. It's 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 quite hard to conceptualize, but. This is just a part of it, okay? Part of what I'm studying is art and how to interpret it. And what I was trying to tell this guy is that, look, I'm actually a bit more, you know, I know you're very smart and I grant you that, but I think I've got one up on you on this because I actually know the effect that art has on societies, Mm. right? Especially historic artifacts because that's what we study most, things of the past that we actually have an understanding of. Why is this piece of art important uh, and why is it important that we have it back? So he went on this rant that, you know, black people are broken. Black people have failed. And I was like, dude, I fully agree. We were broken and we failed. But that's not the end of the story for us. Yeah. Right. We're still on this very long journey back to supremacy, which is what we were. We were supreme. We were kings and queens and shit of kingdoms, bro. Mm. And that's what I was trying to make him understand. If we get these artifacts back that represent chiefdom like supremacy leadership we can ingrain that into our own culture which you know we internalize into thinking damn you know we're better than this our forefathers were better than this we should probably make strides to try to be better yeah because it has a lot to do with your morale you know these these Mm. artifacts you know it can improve your morale and you know it tells you that you've got a lot more to strive for than just your existence right now as a black person yeah and it's very important to have this conversation. So did he, did he not find those artifacts to be important to not our in the culture? Least. He said, not at all. These were his words, not at all. He said, we've got, we're, we're busy, um, what were his words? We're busy fighting against statues of Rhodes and uh, Jan van Riebeck instead of fighting the real demons in Stellenbosch. And I said, I fully agree with you because we should be fighting against the real demons in yeah. Stellenbosch. But as soon as we get those statues out of our peripheral... Yeah, those are symbols of our oppression. Exactly. And we internalize that. We're like, why do we have our oppressors monumentized in this way? They're exactly. monuments, bro. Why do we have our oppressors? Because we're internalizing that. Like, okay, we're the country that's come a long way in terms of colonialism and apartheid and that type of stuff. But we still have these niggas here. Get that shit out of your peripheral so your mind can at least be accustomed to not seeing that type of symbolism. Exactly. So, he didn't get that. Fine. I said, that's fine. He has this extreme idea that we're going to be like broken black people 
and then take it to the next extreme of burning everything. I said, you know what, bro? If that's your method of wanting to change our existence as black people, I'm not going to argue with you on that. I just want you to understand how we get from being broken to being risen up to demolish everything and start anew. Mm. A lot has to change, right? What do you think would change? Obviously, the mind. And yeah. that's for three hours straight what we're trying to get across to him. He, you can. So he wasn't reading the room. He, he was, was not reading the room. Everyone kind of was on the same wavelength and he was on his own. Him and one other guy were on the same page. I couldn't understand <laughs> it. I, I was like, how did you get here, bro? Because that guy was originally kind of seeing our point and he was like, no. <laughs> no, I see what this guy's doing. This is the problem with extremism, okay? This mm. is part of the point that I was trying to make in terms of people being moderates about some things and liberals and other things. You can't go from being broken to just burning everything, okay? Or or being the leaders of the land that you rightfully own. Exactly. You have to change people's minds. It's a psychological thing. It's a pride thing. It's a morale thing. It starts from within. You don't just go from... I gave him this example, bro, and it was... After this, I'll, I'll, I promise I'll let you jump in. <laughs> I'm just wondering about this guy. Like, yeah. Damn, but yeah. continue. Um... I gave him the example of Nazi Germany, right? Yeah, yeah. These Nazis. I asked him, honestly, bro, I want you to be real with me. Do you honestly think that all of the Nazis were evil people inherently, right? Mm. He said, well, I wouldn't put anybody in a gas chamber. I said, you know. That's not the question. (laughs) It's not my question, firstly. And secondly, it's like, of course you wouldn't do that because you're in your right mind, okay? Mm. These people that were uh, Nazis were... Yeah, they were indoctrinated. They were un- indoctrinated. They were propagated yeah. to think a certain way. That's why Hitler was such an effective leader because he had the power to change people's minds. He's like, I'm going to incentivize you guys. This is what you're going to get if you work for me. Yeah. This is what you're going to get if you share my thoughts and beliefs and a lot of Nazis, like, agreed with, with Hitler. Yeah. But the other half were still conflicted. And there are books about those people. There are books about, uh, there are books written by those people, right? Yeah. I've read these books. Uh, man, it's, 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 a, it's a prison guard at one of the concentration camps. He was a Nazi guard, right? And he would escort people into these gas chambers. Yeah. And he wrote about this. It's one of the most emotive books I've ever read, like, period, bro. It's, it's. It's fucking disgusting because now he's talking about how he felt about it. Okay. Mm. In real time, he's like, I felt like this was the right thing to do. I knew that Germany would be in a better place. After the fact, he had this kind of renaissance in his mind that, fuck, man, that that wasn't right yeah. at all. It was inhumane and I feel like dying every day of my existence. This is something that came out in the 90s or the 80s or something. This guy was much older. He's probably in his 70s or 80s himself. Mm. And you can tell that these people, actually people in general, are not inherently evil. They don't have that in them to do that naturally. A lot has to change in their minds to be taken to the point where they do that. So what I was saying to him was that, how are you going to start a revolution? Quote, unquote, we use this word a lot. But how are you going to go from point A to point B if these people are broken, their morale is destroyed, and they feel like they're less than a white person. They're less than human because of what white people have put in our minds about black people. 
Yeah. How are you going to do that? And I kept asking them that. I kept asking them that. And they kept talking. Do you know what frustrated me most about that evening? I'm sure the other people that were there also felt this way. What irritated me most about that evening was that he would create scenarios that none of us said. And said, so what you guys are saying is that... No, 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 no. Uh, like, dude, but we didn't say that. Damn. The entire night, <laughs> we were agreeing with him. The yeah. entire night, we were like, dude, I agree that black people need to rise up. How? That's all I'm exactly. asking you. He doesn't have the solution. He just has the problems, but not the solutions. He has the, he has the problems and no solutions. I said the first thing we can do is build morale. Bring those artifacts back. That's why it's important to fight for what's rightfully yours. Bring it back so it can give us a sense of belonging. Exactly. Then he started going off on tangents. He's like, no, the black people in America had nothing. They were so far removed from their culture, yet they still came up with hip-hop and rock and roll and all these amazing things. I said, no. <laughs> That's got nothing to do with what we're saying. You're, you're saying we need to reinvent ourselves while we have the shit right there. Dude. <laughs> well, we have we have access to it if we really wanted it. Yeah. Black people in America have a completely different story. We're like here and we could get it. <laughs> we could get it. Exactly. Uh, I, I'd love to find out how this guy feels about certain members of the population. Like listening to what you're saying, mm. there's <laughs> I, I I've been told this before mm. that you must be very wary, <laughs> <laughs> be yeah. very wary of of like people who have this. How can I put it? People kind of have this like crusader complex, like mm. this fucking I don't know Nelson Mandela. Let's rise up type complex mm. thing about them. Mm. Be very wary of these type of people because based on what I'm hearing, right? Mm. He wants best for black people. Yeah. But at the same time, he's sort of putting himself away from black people. It almost seems like he talks as if there's him mm-hmm. as a black person and, and there's, there's black, black people. people. Exactly. And Everybody you, was saying that he's talking from a point of privilege. And you need to be very wary of those people yep. because they do not like i've always said who do we hate the most in society we hate poor people <laughs> it's facts like yeah, yeah, i yeah. think we once had a discussion <laughs> of air where we argued yeah. it was the pod team yeah. one or one of our chills and i was like why are you guys so opposed to having like a settlement come settle near our neighborhood yeah and then at the end of it we were like it's because they're poor and we are not poor like it was that thing of we were concerned about property value no that's (laughs) what i'm saying but ultimately it was a fact that it was like there's poor people they're gonna come invade (laughs) our space like that was the basis and i was like this is a thing like it's a general society thing we just Mm. hate the poor Mm. and okay hate is a strong word we don't fuck with them like that just say like we don't fuck with them like that but yeah so (laughs) listening to this guy's thoughts of how they're portrayed yeah i feel like he's someone to be very wary of in terms of how he feels about black people yeah and uh, his methods for how he wants us to rise up so i'd be very i'd be very concerned to be in those discussions with someone like that this is the thing okay because I, I am wary of people like this because, for instance, Simpua. Remember, we always said Simpua was my fighter when it comes to like yeah. arguing with white people, for example. And 
Simpua even said that like okay because this guy's point was um, if you're benefiting from this society then you're also a racist or you're you're not for black people okay mm-hmm. not, let's just not say racist but you're not for black people and Simpua's like mm, look man I'm benefiting from this shit. Like Simpu is a senior graphic, uh, senior designer at a at a very successful firm that's black. The firm yeah. is black, like top to bottom. The CEO is black, the cleaners are black. Like everybody in between is black. Yeah. And he's like, I'm benefiting from this, and I must say it's pretty fucking awesome. Like Simpu was even saying, like, look, I've got so much disposable income. Guess who's getting the iPhone when it comes out? Me. <laughs> Guess who's getting a PlayStation when it comes out? Me. Yeah. Because he's benefiting from this system that we call capitalism. Yeah. And I, I have a feeling that the majority of people our age, let's say between 18, let's take the adult population, 18 and 35, are not willing to be the ones to rise up. They're not going to sacrifice mm. everything that they have now. Because yeah. although things are not perfect, they're way better than they could ever be yeah well not could ever be but way better than they have been for example and we're like no we're not the ones bro guess guess who's not going to be fighting i'll be fighting you know i'll be tweeting i'll be like yeah guys yeah (laughs) but guess who's not picking up a gun i'm not going to be out on the streets i'm not going to be burning shit i'm not going to be i'm not going to do it and does that mean i'm not for black people no it just means that I'm not fucking doing it exactly (laughs) and you can't have that stance you can be a moderate you don't have to play both sides of the fence and i know it seems that way because we are benefiting from this system that's capitalistic and white and anti-african in every Mm. sense but we can have that and still want better for our people we were having that chat the other day yeah about how are we going to be able to feed everybody but the people that have certain positions have a lifestyle proportional They need to have a lifestyle proportional to what they're contributing to society. That was my only thing. I don't think that people who are doctors and lawyers should live like people who are not working. Mm. It's not fair. Yeah, it isn't. To be great, you've got an honors degree. To be great means you're creating your own inequality. Mm. Bars. And you're creating (laughs) inequality in your community. You're exactly. not going to be the guy that stays at home and says, whatever happens, happens. You're going to be like, no, I want to be great so that I don't live like this anymore. I want to go from here to somewhere better. That's yeah. the reason why you're doing it. Or maybe you just really fucking love what, you, exactly. what you're doing. Like, That's a, a good mixture of things. This system we live in, some people are going to benefit from it. Yeah. Others are not. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's actually a very funny uh, music intro that yeah. I really love. Yeah. Which kind of like sums it up is... I think it's uh, Jacques yeah. and his one album in the, the king intro. of R&B, of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah, the king of R&B remixes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. And his one album in the intro is like his mom is talking, I think. And it's like one of those where it's like a voicemail or whatever. And she says to him, like with his talent, his singing talent, mm-hmm. that he's been given the, like, the gift, a lottery ticket to cut the line. Like yeah. he's go- he's not gonna have to wait in the queue. He's going straight to the front of the yeah. line. Yeah. And I sort of contextualize that to be like that is life in general. Like mm. some of us are given that lottery ticket yeah. to be like you're not gonna go wait in position number eight billion. Mm. You're going straight to the front, bro. You're yeah. getting a you got the lottery ticket. You were yeah. born into 
nice upbringing mm. which gave you an advantage you're given a super talent you're yeah. given a really good brain academically it's yeah. just how society is yeah. but when you cut when you get to the front there just because you're at the front doesn't necessarily mean you don't care for the people at the back and just because mm. i have a million rand and i don't give every single cent of that to the people at the back i don't care about them yeah exactly i can you still do what care you can yeah, with what you have i can still care about them without having to give my full million back yeah. to them yeah you know what i mean mm. so yeah like to, for that guy to live in his extremes it's a bit strange and for him to also feel certain ways about our culture mm. but not like bringing back our artifacts and yeah. our great creations excuse me from civilizations in the past mm. and he, i think he needs those panel discussions because mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure this is one thing i know about people mm-hmm. as much as a person cannot read a room and be like i'm right i'm right you're mm. wrong you're wrong at some point when they get home they're gonna be like if you really are as smart as you think you are mm-hmm. this is another thing about really intelligent people really intelligent people will reflect and they'll be yes. like okay in that moment i was prideful i didn't read the room mm. but looking back at it now they did raise some good points they raised some points for me to think about, exactly. to go and change my mind about, exactly. you know what I mean. So yeah. I'm hoping that at the end of your guys' panel discussion, that has happened for him in the weeks that have now gone past. Um, Hopefully he's thought about it and reflected and seen some new ways, some new perspectives on those topics. I definitely did, okay. Um, there are a lot of things that I learned from him. Like I said, he's smart and he's got good ideas about things. Okay, but, okay, maybe smart is not the word. He's knowledgeable. Because for mm. me, being smart is not knowing a lot of stuff. That's just being knowledgeable. Yeah. Being smart is actually being able to apply knowledge. Exactly. In my opinion. Yeah. You can know a lot of things, but if you make bad decisions in your life, like, you, you make bad practical decisions, like, in real-life situations. Like, you know that, you know better, but you decide to do the opposite kind of mm. thing. That's just being a dumbass. That's just being a, a, a dunce, bro. Like, why have knowledge and not use it? But regardless of that, I learned a lot from him because I wasn't, I didn't, I don't consider myself a radical or an extremist in any like political sense. You know? mm-hmm. But he put something in my mind that we're not doing enough, bro. And I think we all kind of knew that, but he solidified it for me because we're not doing enough as black people. On his end, he messaged me to say that he was sorry because he insulted me at some point, you know? And this is how you know when you're losing in a debate, when you have to insult the other person on a point that they're making. This is exactly how you know that you're losing. For me, winning is more important than than anything. But it wasn't about winning or losing. It's about really sharing ideas about things, okay? But the minute that you have to discredit somebody's character instead of discrediting their point, then you've lost. Yeah, definitely. And he was don't get into exactly what he was saying or, or why. I, I, I took offense to it for five minutes and I kind of got over it by, by the end of the night. So it was nothing, nothing like that. I don't think he learned anything. I have to be honest. And you cannot learn something from somebody if you're cutting them off. He was cutting us off a lot. He was not letting people finish their points. Then he would go on 10-minute diatribes about his point. 
so it's impo- it's impossible to learn anything when you're when you're not yeah. listening so uh, I hope I hope when he listens back to it because it was recorded and everything. I hope when he listens back to it that he'll hear kind of what we were trying to say. Everybody had alcohol in their sy- systems, bro. He was high on on weed, so <laughs> it was just a recipe for co- like yeah. a commotion filled co- conversation. No, no real order, no mediator. It was just everybody shouting at each other, bro. It's not something that I'm used to. We sit here, we listen to each other. Yeah. I know, like, you can't always have that, but then what's the point of even recording this shit if all you're going to hear is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate those. Like, it's, it's not like even those, sound good, dude. Have you ever seen those, like, YouTube videos where it's, like, a group of young people sitting around and they're just all shouting at their points? Yeah, I, I instantly so turn off the video. It's so hard to listen to. Yeah, that's one thing about panel discussions. That yeah. If it's not organized, yeah. people don't listen. Yeah. Like... If you just listen and then reply. And reply to the point. Exactly. Don't reply to something that you thought you heard just to make your point. Because that's what he was doing. He's like, no, my point is... And he was making good points. But there'd be great points if he was actually addressing what we were saying. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, I can see this guy's mind works in a really cool way. But you're not answering what we're saying. Mm. You're not, bro. Like... That, that was the biggest problem that I had. And I think it's not going to make for a very compelling listen. Because as bright as the people in that room were, it's going to come off so poorly. Just in terms of the shouting and speaking over each other. Like, anyways. Uh. <laughs> uh, I guess in the future, more panel discussions. If, if that happens again, yeah. they should just try organize it better. Mediate. Yeah. Some, get someone to just mediate. And keep time. Like, yeah. it's very important in discussions and things mm-hmm. to have a person that's not going to be on anyone's side yes. or on any part of the... That just there to listen yeah. and be like, okay, wait. You said your part. Mm-hmm. Can now you respond? Exactly. And they, and they focus you on in the points. Yes, and they keep you on time. Because they're not sure going off sure. emotion. They're just there to mediate it. Like, exactly. wait, listen. Exactly. This is what they asked exactly. You're going off on a tangent. Well, let you do your tangent, but answer the main question first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's very important to have that role in those types of settings. Yeah. But in general, a great day. You know, it was a great idea. I think young people, our peer group, should definitely be having conversations like that because it'll incite something in the next generation to actually do something from a political standpoint, more radical than what we've yeah. been doing now. You know, we hear some great ideas, even from our politicians, but lacking execution. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing. So yeah, uh, do you have anything to add, Vasani? No, no, no. Um, I'm all out. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh. Yeah, I, I've got nothing, man. I, right. I've got, I've got not, got <laughs> not in this, man. All right, no problem. Um, if you're listening to this, it's late on a Wednesday evening. Or early on a Thursday morning or sometime this week. But we'll be back with more content this weekend. Ain't that right, Basani? Facts, man. Yeah, this is episode 70. Episode 70. Let me leave you some wise words by Kanye West. Okay. It's never a bad time to listen to Kanye. I had a cousin that stole my laptop that I was fucking bitches on. Pay that nigga 250000 just to get it from. Real friends. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah, man. Don't just leave your laptop lying around with a few fucking bitches on it. You're going to have a cousin that you're going to have to pay 250000 just to get it from him. That's crazy. Real friends. Why didn't the cousin just ask for the 250 Like, It's Kanye West. You could just ask the nigga for it. Maybe he asked and Kanye was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's wild. Uh, episode 70. Yeah, we yeah. out. Have a good week, guys. Yeah, we'll okay. see you again. Bye-bye.